You wanted me to use the word. You wanted me to meet the Messiah. That was your plan all along. God is gone. And nature abhors a vacuum sooner or later. Someone will fill it. So I ask you, why go on looking for God when you can just be him? That is blasphemy. Semantics. Welcome to Fear Me. Fear Me. Hi, I'm Kim. Stuart. And Scott. And welcome to another episode of the Fear Me podcast. This is episode 82. How are you doing? Good. <laughs> How are you? What are we here to do, Kim? We're here to drink. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were going to oh. discuss another oh. TV show. And talk about Preacher. Oh. we got to do that, too. Oh, we are doing that. Okay. Yeah. 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 That, part's, that part's kind of a must, I think. Yeah. So, Kim, how are you doing? Have you had a nice week? I have, but I'm still sick. Really? So I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> I think, like most of the audience and ourselves, we're just going to say, get over it and move on. Yeah, seriously. Okay. Come gotta on. Stop Come whining. On. Come on. It's going on three weeks. I'm over it. It's yes. all back to school colds. Well, we know we are over it. I can tell you that. I know. I know. <laughs> I'll try. I'm sorry. God, if you could just stop hanging out with children all the time. Oh, my God. What is that about? You guys you guys going to get the nice weather down there that we're getting? We already got it. It was crisp this morning. It was nice. It was, nice, it was like fall it? weather. Yeah. And you could smell it. Like the the cicadas. It was almost like the eclipse day. Like it, yeah. we didn't have. Oh, yeah. The eclipse happened. Yeah. The eclipse oh, yeah, happened. Oh, yeah. That happened. Um, we, did, we only got 97% down here, so it didn't get total dark. But um, it was like an early dusk type feeling and the cicadas and the crickets came out and the temperatures dropped and that sort of thing. And it was the exact same way today. Well, you know what, Kim? You know, you were saying it was like dusk. I, I disagree with with people who were saying that. You know what it really felt like to me more was that I was wearing sunglasses. Because, <laughs> okay. you know, when you're, when you're in dusk, the, the light is a lot more muted and it comes in at a, at a pretty extreme angle. You were still seeing the rays of light coming down like it normally does when the sun is high in the sky at those angles and so forth like that, but it just was darker. Yeah, it felt it felt a little bit more like a alien spaceship was flying in front of the sun and about to take over the Earth. Like the Death Star? Yeah, something like that. Okay. Yeah, a little bit more like that. And you said something, so Scott has to disagree with it. <laughs> did you see did you see the eclipse shadows on the ground? Yeah, they're very cool. The the like the crescent moons. Yeah, it was an unexpected little thing there. I don't remember that from the eighty four. Not eclipse. at all. That was actually oh, very yeah. cool. I didn't remember. No one. I had never heard anybody talking about to expect Mm-mm. something like that. No, that was super cool. Yeah. So, how much of the eclipse did you guys get? We had ninety nine. Really? Ugh. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Well, we were closer than you guys were. Yeah, the people who saw the one hundred percent eclipse, they said it got really dark. But I was yeah. still amazed at, even though there's only 3% of the sun visible, mm-hmm. that it's still so light out. Mm-hmm. That it provides that much light, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I'm really glad that we didn't drive to the mountains to see the totality because a lot of my friends did that. And they said it took them like six to nine hours to get back to Atlanta. And it normally only takes one to three hours to get up there. Yeah, I was fine to stay in Charlotte and watch it. I really didn't need to drive down to South Carolina. Yeah. Stand, stand in a hot field, 50,000 people. That's what we mm. did, but in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we did it in Charlotte, but I mean, still. It was cool. Yep. Next Great one experience. is seven years away, right? Oh, nah, yeah, seven years. Was that right? Mm-hmm. Oh. I thought one thing that was cool on um, CNN's website, they posted a New York Times article from 1932, I believe it was. And the headline was uh, clearest eclipse, uh, clearest eclipse you'll see until the year uh, or till September tw- or August 21, 2017. Really? Yeah. 
thought Isn't was really Isn't that cool neat. that they can predict stuff like that? It is yeah. amazing. And be right on. Those Down guys, to the minute. Those guys and their math and... There's some some really, really old guy out there going, nailed it. Yes. You think so? Nice, nice. All right, so what are you drinking, Scott? Don't I get to talk about how my week is gone? Mm. <laughs> I thought the eclipse was everything. Scott, how was your week? What week? Let's move on. Oh, my God. Now, I had a, I had a fun day today. <laughs> Good. What happened? Yeah. I got to catch a couple of students making out in my storeroom. Awesome. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> were they naked? Fun. No. No. They were working on it, though. Oh, God. I don't even want to know. Jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it was awesome. Were you just like, yeah, can you just hand me a ream of paper? <laughs> no, I just, I just said, are you guys students? And they said, yes. And I said, then get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> they scampered and away. Grab me some staples on your way out. <laughs> exactly. Can you carry this box into my lab, please? <laughs> I need a tripod later on. Well, I'm sure I this doesn't help. happen every day. No, it doesn't. Now, I tell you what, probably the hardest thing about the whole thing is me trying not to crack up because I just wanted to barrel out laughing right in front of them. <laughs> I must be mean through this. I must be stern. <laughs> 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 it was well, great. that's something you don't made see my every day. day. You yeah, saw two moons this week. I did see yeah. two moons. How about that? Spinning bumps. Nice, Kim. <laughs> she shoots. She scores. Someone scored. Oh, hey. God, they just keep coming. <laughs> jocularity, jocularity. <laughs> All right. So, what what are you drinking, Scott? Uh, I am drinking another one of the beers I brought back from Montana. This one's from Bozeman, Montana. See, he's going to drink them all before we even get one. No, no, I got you guys some. You're going you're gonna to have some of these. Mm, just this a one is from less. Bozeman Brewing Company. Um, it's a session IPA, and it's called Abbreviated IPA, and it's quite tasty. Yeah, it's really good. Um, good. Uh, it's very, very smooth. So the taste keeps on giving. It's not abbreviated. Right, huh? <laughs> I blame it on the fluffy head. Yeah, okay, I'll play okay. sure. Lots of right. medicine. Yes. All right, well, keep it going, man. Let loose. <laughs> Let that fluffy head go. Yeah, let's see what's making the fluffy head. Kim, what are you drinking? Um, Stuart and I are drinking the same thing, and it's from Service Brewing Company, and it's called Compass Rose India Pale Ale, and it's out of Savannah, Georgia. And it's very good. It's actually really, really good. It yeah. is. And this one, it says it's dedicated to uh, a naval uh, military. Veteran-owned, veteran-brewed. Yeah. So I very guess nice. each of their beers has something to do with different military uh, Yeah, with military different branch of the military branches, or yeah. Because well, they have another one that's called the Ground Pounder, which I think is the uh, Marines. That's the Army? Or... Is it the Marines? I think so. Well, the, it says the nautical compass rose has helped mariners find their way for centuries. This honors those who have dedicated themselves to building the proud tradition of our Navy. Very nice. Very nice. You guys going to save me one? Uh, we'll buy you a new one. No, because it's too good. <laughs> yeah, this is really, really good. So wrong. When are so, we seeing so you? So wrong. Are we, I mean, we did, it, this is in the stores around here all the time. I hadn't had it before yet, though. It's good. It's 6.6. .6. I got to try it. And I like it because it has like a matte label can. Yeah, it's funny feeling. Mm-hmm. At least it's like it won't fall out of your hand, you know? Exactly. So, let's get going. We are going to cover Season 2 of Preacher, Episode 10, Dirty Little Secret. What did you guys think? I, I liked it. I thought it was good. I think um, it was a little slower, still development with... Um, we saw Jesse and Airstar, and then, you know, the background of where the Grail was, was coming from, which I thought was... Great storyline, but I am more excited to see what's going on in the next one. I think the best thing that came out of this episode was all the dialogue. Had great lines all the way through the show. Um, and I did like the interaction between Airstar and Jesse, though I felt Jesse was a little... His character was a little thin in this one. Like, his dialogue was really thin. It was really... I mean, Airstar, I mean, he couldn't compete. Well, don't you think it's because he was in shock most of the time? I In shock? Jesse? Yeah, but what he's getting ready to do and who he's getting ready to meet? I guess. He was in shock once he met him, for sure. 
But, I mean, he was kind of controlling the situation in the bar. So, I mean, he, he, I don't know. His, to me, his character was a little thin in this one. I, I think they, they could have... He, he almost kind of seemed a little unintelligent in this one, you know? Hmm. To me, when yeah, he was very, dealing with their star. Yeah, very small-minded, you're right. Yeah. He, yeah, he wasn't very open to things. No, and so that was weird to me. And they, yet he was, um, he was open to, to going with him somewhere very easily well, jesse, jesse has been that way in the last couple episodes if you think about it i mean he's been very single-minded very you know kind of a flat character really yes he's i mean he's obviously very focused on what he's supposed to do but he doesn't really have any real goal uh or his goals are, are weak yeah because he doesn't really have a place to go so. he doesn't have a direction no and um i, I think the episode was great and I, again i think uh, a lot of the scenes were awesome um Cassidy was great in this as usual, <laughs> but um, uh, just like him, him dealing with Dennis, and you didn't really see too much of Dennis, which I think is is fine. Uh, but uh, Tulip and Laura uh, interactions were good, so I liked it. I liked it a lot. Good. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Really, I loved every single storyline. I was never really excited about the whole search for God thing. And this made me excited for the search for God. Well, and that's the thing where it's like, it doesn't, you know, again, we're dealing more with Jesse. But he just keeps, he's, he keeps learning these little tidbits, but we're not, you know, he's not really getting much, you know. Well, he's definitely, yeah, I mean, he's like thick compared to everybody else. Everybody else seems to be getting different things like that. And Jesse's just kind of stumbling through it. Yeah. Well, Jesse's too invested in it. He's too, too narrow minded in his search. And he's so focused on it, he can't see what is going on around him, which was what we discussed last week. Well, you know, the, uh, the other thing, too, Kim, I mean, you're exactly right. And, and Jesse is, doesn't really seem to be searching. Things find him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it, he's, not, he's not using his brain to put pieces together. I mean, his, his big search tactic was to get online and see if he can find him on YouTube. Right. Um, you know, that's the extent of what Jesse had going on. Everything else has been just finding him and then him reacting to it. So, yeah, Jesse's, uh, Jesse's, you know, of, of all the characters in this season, Jesse's is the only one that's not really progressed anywhere. Yeah. And maybe has regressed. Yeah, and it, you're right. I mean, the things that he stumbles into or find him, like Airstar finding him in the bar, or even the things that he misses that we see as viewers, like the disc that's getting ground up at the, the computer place. Um, you know, it's like we think, oh, he missed that. But then it comes back around and he figures out the information anyways as a happy accident. So, well, it's almost like everything after, um, him dealing with this, the saint of killers, then Jesse has become very passive about things. Mm -hmm. And I think for whatever reason, that's when it started. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to make of Jesse right now. What'd you think of the episode? I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, like you said, oh my god, there were so many funny lines in that in that episode, and the dialogue was fantastic. And you know, Cassidy was just excellent as usual. I loved Hair Star is a great character. Mm-hmm. Weird, creepy, funny, all those yeah. things. Oh, and but his delivery is is awesome. Yes, yes, it is. I it think is. this episode made him more of a person, though. Oh yeah, well, I mean, I loved his line. He says, "Let me get, let me see." I so you're not a three ring binder person, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unless you're using it as a weapon, of course. That's right, <laughs> that's right, exactly. But yeah, I mean, Hair Star's uh, character has really made it fun. I, you know, the only thing I'm a little, I'm a little tired of Tulip's uh, PTS, PTSD, PTSD. Yes, you know, it's not, it's not doing whole lot for me story-wise but you know that's just me well i like where they took it this time just being hanging out with laura and she found a friend and she has someone she can hang with and chat and that sort of thing so i like where that led the story yeah i mean it was the only part i just wasn't like oh this is great you know the rest yeah. of them i thought was fantastic well what do you think about historic jesus oh, love historic <laughs> jesus. oh my god i mean that was I unexpected thought, Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Without a doubt, and, and um, 
yeah, getting it on like that. And then, and, and but I also love the the contemporary lingo that they used and so oh, yeah, you know, which I thought was excellent. And you know, and I loved. I thought one of the funniest lines of the whole show was when he's when Jesus is talking to his disciples, and I think he's talking to Peter. I'm guessing. And he says, blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And Peter looks at him and he goes, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, I'm dying get back to Ju- Judas as the getaway donkeys. That's right. Judas <laughs> is meeting us at midnight with the getaway donkeys. <laughs> was, yeah, there, there were some great ones with that. You, you, He's like, The only chill, thing is bro. you cannot tell anyone about this cool and she's like cool she's like, cool. <laughs> he's like cool <laughs> and i love how when he took his hair down out of the ponytail and all of a sudden he shakes it out and it's like glowing. this heavenly glow is yeah. on his hair and he's like like just coming out of the water and then you so hear this awesome. bang 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 hey jesus you in there <laughs> <laughs> I came to help this ailing woman. Man, we've been worried sick. We've been looking all over the place. (laughs) Oh, my God. That was hilarious. So we're to believe this is the night before the crucifixion? Yeah. Is that correct? It's up when when he was up on the Mount of Olives. And they had all passed out at the Last Supper. Uh He was like, oh, yeah, you guys were all passed out, so I left. Come help this ailing woman. Well, no, no. I think it's the story when they all went up on the Mount of Olives and they fell asleep and he continued on. Oh, okay. To talk to God. And he was trying to plead his case, I guess. Man, you re- you remember way too much of that stuff. I know I don't remember any of that. I don't remember Sorry, I don't remember that story. Okay, I'll go with you on that one. I think it's when he's <laughs> it's when he showed his weakness or whatever, and tried to, you know, say why am I doing this? You know, why do I have to go through? You know, go through this? He was asking God and, com- and Actually, committed adultery in many different positions. The producer did. did say it was um, the Last Supper that they all passed out after. All right, so Scott's wrong. <laughs> I guess. I guess. <laughs> or maybe the producers were. I wrong. mean, I thought it was a, a big clue was when Jesus is standing and goes, What kind of trees are those? She says, Olives. Maybe they just, maybe they like, just oh, yeah. mesh the stories together. Yeah, maybe they so. might have. Yeah, I'm almost, I was wondering if that was supposed to be a funny line when he said that because he knows olive tree. Like, supposedly, that's all they, you know, olive trees are so special. They're everywhere. Yeah. So he's like, What kind of tree is that? Exactly. <laughs> That's a huckleberry tree. <laughs> uh, but yes, I thought that I and, and boy, you talk about a uh, weird start to the show. Totally. I mean, man, and, that threw me for a loop. I think I even texted you the guys, you guys at that time, and I was like, "That was weird." Yeah, you did. But um, that. Uh, kind of throws the whole like biblical Jesus storyline way out of whack mm-hmm. for all of us people who went to Catholic school. You know, oh, it's blasphemy. Total blasphemy. You know, it's funny if this show—I I mean, I hate to say it this way—but if this show were more popular, there would have been a lot of backlash. Oh yes, you are right you know? on that. I mean, yeah, the people that are into the show right now have already read the comics, and from what I understand, this is following very closely to what those in the comics. And um, matter of fact, I think they toned it down a little bit from what's in the comics, from what they were, what I was reading. Oh God, I wonder what was in the comics. But yes, there would have been a real big backlash if there was if this had a really big uh, common audience. Yeah, because there actually was controversy when um, there were some scrolls that were found called Jesus's wife. Like, this is true story, true mm-hmm. life. <clears throat> and people, people who like biblical scholars were saying um, that these these scrolls that somebody found somewhere, I don't even know the whole story behind it, but they said they, they probably were not true because the fact that Jesus's wife was never mentioned in the New Testament. And so... Um, they would have mentioned it since they mentioned his mom and dad and all of his brothers and sisters and stuff, stepbrothers and sisters. So how, it how would, yeah, how would something like that be left out? Exactly. That it, yeah. that would be an important little tidbit for them to talk about. Right, right. So, and the, of course the whole Mary Magdalene thing was enough to but make people go crazy. We know that this was not his wife because at the start of the whole sex scene, she said, my husband's gone. Yes. So... He was committing adultery. He was. Yeah. I mean, I thought Big it time. was Mary Magdalene at first. 
when I started watching the scene. But and yeah, then you have that harsh reality of that the disciple coming back to take the baby and then her getting beaten to death. Wow, by the midwife. Yes. Not even by the disciples. But that woman laid her out. And you could hear the squish in the... Yeah. That was a tough time. That was a tough time. <laughs> what a cute little baby and for it to grow up to produce well. Humperdoo. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was there was a there was a long line in between that. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, then you're. I mean, then we come back to uh, Airstar and Jesse in the bar, right? Right after that. Yep, they were sitting at the bar. Airstar was explaining kind of what the Grail was to Jesse, mm-hmm. and that's when Jesse hauled off and hit him with the three ring grind. Yeah, that was that was actually one of my favorite lines of the show. Is when. He asks, where's God? He's, and Airstar says, the short answer is that we don't know. <laughs> and that is actually the long answer as well. <laughs> exactly. That was great. <laughs> those binders he took out, those he said were, did he say they were the company's holdings from the secular community and the whatever, whatever it was? It was, it was yes, over he Jesse's did. head and he really didn't give a damn. Yeah. Well, he was trying. Yeah, he was trying to prove prove how big it, what big they were, how important they were, and how much influence he had that could possibly help Jesse in some way. Right. He was trying to show what a huge organization they were. I was surprised when he said that he had been leading that organization for thirteen years already. Really? I thought he was kind of new. In Airstar was new into the whole. Well, he's no, new. To I, us. I thought Directing he wasn't thing. because it seemed like everybody was very familiar with him. To me, that yeah, you know, I felt like. That he was that had been there in charge of a lot for a while. There's no real sense of what time is. Apparently not. Because I think when be, when we first got introduced with Airstar, he was wearing like a German World War II uniform or something like that. Mm. At some point, <laughs> so as far as like how timing works in this whole world, I have no idea. But yeah, he's I mean he's been ahead of it for a while. Like Scott's saying, everybody's very familiar with who he is and. Mm-hmm. Um, Although with that guy, it probably wouldn't take that long for him to take control and everybody would know him very quickly. Exactly. But we also found out that the Grail has been around for two millennia. So that means as soon as that baby was born, they came into fruition. Mm-hmm. And their sole goal was well, that, to Isn't that who the guy protect. was that said that to to the woman? He was the last one of the of the apostles standing there and he says, I'll make sure to keep your secret or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he was the start of the Grail, right? Yeah, he right. said. He said, "Yeah, don't don't worry, I'll keep your secret." Right. Yeah. So so he was the st- he was the creator of the Grail, I guess. Yeah. Yes. Which yes. they said was twenty five generation. I meant to th- go yes. back and like look at that and like is that twenty five generations? I guess I guess that makes sense. <clears throat> That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that was a long but, time ago. But he still looks like him. That's the that's the weird thing. There's still some genes in there that got carried through uh-huh. some some way. It's because there was no other genes being introduced, or very little. Well, they had to have some other genes going in there. There was somebody that was new, but then they probably started um, started in on the brother sister thing. A little cross pollinating going on. Yeah, mm. and so. produced a winner, 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 chicken dinner. I was gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so we so Airstar fails to impress Jesse with his his uh, company statistics and and um, determines that he's going to have to show Jesse. So he takes Jesse on a road trip to meet some friends. A very long road trip that only takes one day, as a matter of fact. Like yes, like time is so screwed up in this show. And he, I think it was almost like he got back the same exact day, you know? Well, yeah, like it was like it all happened within an hour. It's like he had a portal, and he was like, <laughs> beam me up, Scotty. And he went straight to wherever Humperdy was. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the scene was great because it's all set up like the exact same all warm lighting, uh, like kind of this cave type of thing. And, and um, he when he turns around and starts walking towards him, he looks exactly like the Jesus that we were left with from the mm-hmm. olden days. Mm-hmm. And, and Jesse kneels down before him and like has no idea what to say to him. And then all of a sudden the guy starts peeing on him. <laughs> and Air Stars and Air Stars said, uh, "Oh, he likes you." <laughs> 
but I thought it was great. I love the I love Jesse's meeting with the Archduke of Canterbury and the Pope. Yeah, the Archbishop. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that was hilarious. I mean, the Archduke comes out with this theory, you know, that that angels have revolted against God, and that's why God is on the run and so forth like that. And then you see the Pope just kind of go, "Jeez, come yeah, on. right, <laughs> yeah." And then the Pope comes up with that shit about. <laughs> Ten feet tall people and stuff. <laughs> what is it? Is there uh, that that Jesus or that God has created a new people and uh, they're ten feet tall with the prowess of a lion, the flight of an eagle, and a honey badger sense of smell. Yeah, <laughs> the guy says, the "Honey best. badger, are you listening to yourself?" <laughs> <laughs> and you can see how Hairstar the whole time just kind of rolling his eye, and he's like, "Okay, come on, Jesse, this is what we got." Well, this is the point where. Airstar became like a normal person to me where he's like it's like any other guy who has to deal with stupid shit at work you know like supervisors coming down on you you got to deal with these nitwits over in accounting you know what I mean like <laughs> like this is the way it is this is what I got to deal with yeah I've right. wasted my exactly. 13 I mean, years that's what doing he's this. saying to Jesse he's saying this is what I'm dealing with this is this is what we got this is the trail for God these guys yep I so, know um, Let's, it's a let's sad just situation. do our own thing, and then he so, he yeah. tries. He wants to make Je- Jesse into God. That's a good point. That's a good point because yeah, he the whole time he's leading in to show him this whole my whole organization that has so much power is a farce. It has <laughs> crap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for right. for dealing with God. He showed he showed him the religious leaders and how dumb they were, and and then he showed what a mess the heir of Jesus is, the and, Messiah, and and he's like. You know, we're not going anywhere with this group. Mm-hmm. You know, this. You know, I'm on this road, but this is. I don't believe in any of this, and uh, and so he he wants to make Jesse into God because Jesse has a godlike ability. Is the Messiah supposed to be revealed at some point to the people of yes. Earth? Yes, yeah. at, the, at, at the apocalypse. Yeah, at oh, the, at the appropriate apocalypse. time he so, would be revealed. So the apocalypse is real. Mm-hmm. The biblical sense of it. I think it has to do with zombies taking over the world. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Walking <laughs> dead people. They, the they find the Messiah in Atlanta. <laughs> That's Carl. <laughs> Coral. <laughs> Coral, you're God. Get out of here, boy. <laughs> it was you all along, Coral. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> Oh, What's God, wrong with awesome. that guy's eye? <laughs> Speaking yeah, of eye, that, that was one of the funny lines that Air Star said what? when they were at the bar and the um, bartender got too close and he said, boy, are you blind? And he said, no. And he goes, you want to be? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you want to be? <laughs> I died laughing. <laughs> Do you want to be? And his when he's explaining to Jesse um, about why he should... Uh, <laughs> Actually, about being sodomized. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. When he was like, Never I was mind. sodomized by three ruffians, and it, yeah, and they, they bent me over, and then he's like, uh, never mind. <laughs> yeah, I guess that really isn't important. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess as to what we were saying last week, he actually was being raped. Yes, he was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and of course, that led to his revelation. I'm really not sure exactly how that happened, but whatever. Yeah, it's very odd timing. Yes, it was very odd timing. But he is an odd character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's dealing with our first dirty little secret of the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Ooh, good job. By yeah. the way, do you know who was uh, playing Jesus? No, who? Um, uh, Tyson Ritter, who's the uh, lead singer for All American Rejects. <gasps> he was the guy that they were the yes. dirty little secret. Okay, so that was the that song, was song that was being played right. on that rocket game, yes. rocking game or whatever. It had a name. It had like some other yeah. name than what like the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, music well, that game he is, was the but... guy playing Jesus. Wow, he was pretty good. Yeah. yeah he Has he acted job. in other stuff before? I honestly don't know. I don't know about hmm. that. I don't was think that, so. Did he actually do his crazy eyes like that? Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Because <laughs> at first I was like, wait, that's the same. That's got to be the same actor. Gotta yeah, be. It was. But his teeth are all screwed was. up and his eyes are like all over the place. But 
That's called Hollywood magic. Oh, I understand. Or Atlanta <laughs> magic, wherever that's made. It's being made in New Orleans, actually. Ah, okay. Makes sense, right? Yeah, so, uh, we, I mean, we go back to, um, that, that was where we went back to their apartment, and Cassidy has got the new translation device Which for was Dennis. so awesome. And they're playing Twister, because he got him his early birthday present, because, what do you say, he missed his first 83. Yeah. Exactly. He's trying to be a good dad. I love it. He's, he says, watch this. Dennis, turn down the music. And Dennis just kind of blows him off, and he's like, oh, I see that kid. He's going to put the he's gonna put me in an early grave. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe a late one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, twist me up an appetite. That's right. Twist me, we'll twist up an appetite. Oh, my God, that's great. Dennis is like... It's like he has no rules at the moment. He's just oh. going crazy. He's like girls gone wild. That poor girl that he was with that whole time. Cassidy should have done girl? something. Yeah. His girl was having fun. And poor Dennis's girl. Jeez. I think it's it's going to be tough because Cassidy, I think Cassidy's going to have to put him down. Yeah. At some yeah, point. I think it's leading up. towards that. Yeah, he's getting out of hand. Yeah, Dennis can't handle it. Yeah, but and do you think Dennis could handle Cassidy. it if he learned his lessons? Or is he just off the hook? Crazy. Well, I mean, he, he's getting further and further off the hook. I think the the sign of him when he said turn that down and he just kind of waved him off. I think that's just how he is going to treat Cassidy the entire time when Cassidy tries to talk to him about stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, right. even when he was like, Dennis, we got to go home. Dennis didn't go home. He stayed out later and came home with the blood all over his face. So yeah, because he chomped down on the yeah, girl so in the photo booth. Exactly. So he's already out of hand. Yeah. And it, Cassidy's not necessarily someone that can teach someone to that there are boundaries. No. But Cassidy, you know, but Cassidy no has, he, you know, he, in his own way, he has morals. And Dennis has, is stomping on his morals at this point a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know. And Cassidy, of course, being that he's, like, riddled with guilt over Dennis, is letting him get away with it. But that only lasts so long. Dennis, I, you know, I, I mean, we can predict it. Dennis is going to keep abusing things, pushing the envelope, and Cassidy's going to have to put him down. Yeah. And I think that's what we'll be building up towards the end of the season. What do we got, three episodes left? This ten. is ten, yeah. So ten, so yeah. Yeah, three more. We'll be looking at something happening in that respect towards the end of the season, I have a feeling. Yeah. I liked, um, I liked uh, Dennis's tattoo, which was... Um, oh, Shemp? Shemp. <laughs> Do we? We didn't actually get to see it though, did we? No. Yeah, Cassie like lifts up his shirt and he has like that eagle or something on him. It was like a hawk. Yeah. And he's yeah, like, yeah, you know, but you should see Dennis's. It's, it's <laughs> shemp. He got shemp. But you know, I, there's something. Uh, there's a story behind that <laughs> that tattoo that Cassidy has. That's his real tattoo. And but they didn't want to use it in the show, so the so the special effects people have been having to remove it. Oh. And he's had his shirt off like that. Really? So they went ahead and put it in there so that they don't have to bother doing that anymore. Uh-oh, does that mean there's budget problems? No, I think it's probably just more <laughs> of a hassle. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Could spell the doom for Preacher. So, yeah, I, so I, from what I understand, that's his real tattoo, and hmm. they just needed to get it out of the way. So they introduced it that way. Yeah, that's interesting, because, yeah, when he, when you see him at first, when he comes out of the room, he doesn't have a tattoo at all. I didn't think he actually did have anything on his chest originally, but I would, with with the amount of tattoos that he has, I can't imagine he wouldn't have something on his torso. You know? Right. I remember reading early in the season, um, where they were talking about that, that he had so many tattoos and they didn't want to have, to have that many, you know, so they had, they were trying to erase them at the time. And uh, so evidently now they've decided that that's just not going to work very well. It's got to be hard as an actor to have that many tattoos and get a role. You see a lot more actors with them. Mm -hmm. I know, but if you're a production person and you see somebody walk in the door with that many tattoos, first thing you're thinking about is money and how much it's going to cost to cover it. Yeah. Well, it's, it is a, that, that sort of thing is a different kind of subject nowadays though, because Everybody seems to have a tattoo now. Right, right. And and who knows? You know, it depends on the character. But you're right. It does it does limit 
his cast ability. Parts. Yep, his cast ability. Oh, oh good very word. good. Stewart's bringing his A game tonight, folks. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> no, well, my honest. A game is kind of on par with most people's H games. So, <laughs> and I actually do need to rest up. Do you want? Do we want to take a quick break? Yes. Okay. Yes. Let's do that. We'll be back in a moment. All right. Well, welcome back, Scott. How's your uh, fantasy picks going? Ah! Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh God. Yes. Fantasy night on the same night as podcasting equals no bueno. No bueno. No bueno. <laughs> No braino. Fantasy draft, I should say, because mm-hmm. fantasy night is every night in Scott's house. Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> He's calling. Oh, Jesus. Uh, oh, geez. There's lots of good yeah. TV shows on You don't want to be seeing the silhouettes in Scott's house, let me tell you. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> oh, so sad. All right, that's funny stuff. All right, you guys, we are ready to talk about Tulip and her fun with Lara. See, now this time, um, Tulip's not the one making the pancakes, even though she started breaking the eggs. Mm. Yeah, those were going to be some lovely pancakes with the mm. shells in them. Yeah, so it'll, I'm, I'm it'll hoping be Laura... some gum action going on with that one. I'm hoping Laura <laughs> threw that batter out. You know... Because her pancakes looked a hell of a lot better. They did. Yeah, and then They what? even had, like colored something or another in them it looked like chocolate chips or something like that that's when, what i was hoping for when laura picked the egg up off the ground i was like oh girl that is nasty get a paper towel <laughs> I, okay i thought the floor was more nasty than the egg <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. what i'm saying that, that are you just you were worried about her touching the floor i'm sorry that apartment is nasty oh, yeah mm-hmm. i Actually, keep saying this every single episode but it really is there was a, a note on uh, Twitter from Dave Blass, who's the um, production designer, who said that they had 11 layers of New Orleans newspapers that they used as wallpaper in Dennis's room. Nice. They just kind of kept layering it over and over and over, which I thought was awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I want to do that in the kids' room? No. Okay. Yeah, I think you should. I think no. you should do that to all your windows. Add some roaches It'd for the full the, effect. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Be the creepy people in the neighborhood. Well, speaking of roaches, I'm surprised when they don't open that little thing under the toilet, the little cavity, that, that roaches don't start pouring out of there. <laughs> you know, all I kept thinking is, there's no way in hell I'm reaching in there. <laughs> Get I a know. flashlight. Could be a snake Jesus. or something. Blah, blah. And not, yeah, with our boys. And the toilet? The That's toilet. what I was going to say. The toilet was black. <laughs> yeah. Black. Do y'all understand how much I can't stand filth now? Like, every episode I'm talking about this. Sweet. This is a sore spot for me. Does that mean our house, our house will be cleaner? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> our house is fine. Does that mean something different's going to happen now? <laughs> Anyways. Uh, there's no magic happening in that house tonight. <laughs> not at all. No silhouettes. Not tonight, not ever. <laughs> Even though the relationship between Tulip and Jenny is pretty fake. Yes. I love that Tulip has a gal pal. Mm-hmm. Even though she's trying to screw her the whole time. Yes, and break her up from yeah. Jesse. But, I mean, it's something that Jess, Jesse, it's something that Tulip really needs. It's very obvious she needs to talk to somebody and vent and get this out of her system. Mm-hmm. And it's nice that she can just hang out and, like... Play video games. and play video games. I love, that, I love that Laura gets turned on by Cassidy, and she's like, oh, he's all elbows and bones. Yeah, <laughs> and Adam's apples. <laughs> and Adam's apples. That was very cute. That was totally a girl thing, like something that two girls that are trying to bond, mm-hmm. that would totally happen. But I loved the fact that, that Tulip starts questioning how she how much knowledge she has like i didn't quickly i didn't tell you that how did you know about that right mm-hmm. yeah so do you think that it. do you think they that tulip really did think that maybe she made a mistake or do you think tulip was just kind of just telling her that but thinking hmm, oh i think right no here. i think i think yeah i think uh tulip tef, do, totally caught on like uh yeah. Yeah. wait i didn't tell you about that how do you know about that right just like the egg dropping but, 
Right, but Laura like, was got to the there? point, though, where she was getting her convinced, or was trying to convince her that she just, you know, she's been so mixed up lately that yeah. she accidentally said that at some point. And her acting, I sort of started believing her, too. I was like, oh, did Tula? Did she say but, something? Did but she I don't think Tula believed it. No, Not at she, first. No, no, I think even in the end. I think she wanted to believe it because she was enjoying herself in a way. Mm-hmm. I think she kind of wanted to believe that... Everything was only up and up. Yeah, that that maybe she was uh, looking into it too much. Maybe. I I, I, I I had more the feeling that she was just kind of like, I'm not going to get anywhere by discussing this, so let's move on. But that she was like, something's not right here. Well, I think when um, Jenny, Laura, called Hooper, or what's his name, Hoover? Hoover. Um, Her partner. partner. And... Had him come in as the ex-boyfriend yeah, and start raising a ruckus. Right. Rodney, yeah. That kind of took Tulip to the next level where she was like, okay, this girl's probably legit because mm-hmm. here's this guy banging on our door and yelling up and screaming and stuff. You know, where did he come from? He couldn't have just come out of thin air if she wasn't legit. So I think Tulip, Tulip is so in need of love right now and uh, for someone to believe her. That she will grasp onto anything. But she's she's fully aware of the situation with the Grail, though. She knows there's that organization after them, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I I mean, couldn't she be thinking that that this is a plot by the Grail? Yeah, that's why she was questioning her. Right. No, but I mean, even in the end, even after the boyfriend shows up and so forth, you know, I I would think she's still she you know it's possibly she's still thinking of it as a plot. Well, yeah, there is possibility, but I think it's giving more evidence to Laura's story yes. at that point. You know, I mean, that's the whole reason she had the guy do it and beat the crap out of right, him. Right, right. No doubt. No doubt. Right. But is but is Tulip buying it? Well, I think she's... I think she bought that. I, I think she's buying it now, but yeah, I think there might still be some question in her mind. I don't think, I don't think she's completely sold that this woman is on the up and up. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, she even asked her, so why do you have that gun, Right. Right. Well, Tulip is naturally a, a pessimistic type of person. Yes. Who's going to be cautious. But I think when you're in a situation where you're that hurt and that desperate, mm-hmm. whether it's for attention, love, or whatever, you're going to latch on to something. Mm-hmm. And you you want to believe. Sure. And she presented some evidence that allowed her to believe. And she's like pumping her up and making her she's giving her the things that jesse's not giving her right now number one attention but number two telling her you're good you're good enough and by golly you can do it <laughs> um, but that's like what when, you would say right no when she told her to <laughs> fix the tile for example mm-hmm. she's like you can do that you're you're strong mm-hmm. enough you could do right. that and she's like you're right i can do that but she also knew what was under the tile yeah i know but she it doesn't was- matter she was That's pushing what I'm her saying. to find that. Right. Tulip is buying in to the lie that she's giving her because she wants to. Mm-hmm. She needs it. She needs it to to get by right now. She's in a spiral, and she's spiraling fast. And she needs somebody to take care of her. She's going sh- getting shot every night just to feel like she's alive. Exactly. At this point. Mm-hmm. She needs a friend, and now she's found one, even though this friend is going to hurt her very, very badly. Mm-hmm. But I'm she doesn't know that yet. I'm still of a... I mean, I, I know what you're saying, and I'm not disagreeing with you, but I still have a little bit in my head that makes me think that she is still very suspicious of Laura. She's always going to be suspicious. No, that, that's no, no, what no, I mean, she's, suspic- she's suspicious of everyone anyways. So yeah, No, I mean, but I know, but I'm saying that she is suspicious of Laura being part of what's happening with the Grail group. Uh, I don't see that at all. Like, I don't see her... I mean, I didn't see her make any sort of connection to that her being involved with the Grail group at all. Well, she knows they're they're under assault by groups, by this group. Yeah, mm-hmm. but how would she? How does she make that connection well, uh, just, her I still to think the, these people? Was there any evidence that... that not necessarily that, but, to, but her suspicion of anybody who's trying to deal with them. Okay. You know, I think she still... I, I think she still thinks that... I think there's a part of me that still thinks that she thinks that Laura is not on the up and up. Gotcha. I think, okay, you, that is established. Well, I still really like the scene where Rodney comes out. Rodney in air quotes. Um, because I like the fact that the grail can like change course so quick. 
that Lara and um, Hoover can communicate with each other to the point where they're like, they know what the other person is thinking. And she's in a desperate situation and Hoover comes to the rescue. Like, that was fantastic, the way that scene transitioned. Well, because she called him. Well, I know that. <laughs> but he's just down the, the hallway and... He all of a sudden he's dressed and he's out there in the hallway. Oh yeah, yeah. And he's like, like they transition very quickly. Exactly, that's what I mean. Oh yeah, like they are yeah. ready. Yep. Yeah. For, for anything. But I've seen that even he... when Tulip came to the doors. How like, quickly they changed. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he was ready for what the, for the, the, the shit, shit kicking? kicking that he got. No. <laughs> and then uh, Laura Although got he didn't involved. seem too pissed about it later on. Well, I think he just expects is whatever's going to happen for the, yeah, for the grails, the what's going to happen. Right. He doesn't seem very happy with most of her decisions on stuff, but he knows that she's kind of leading right. the way. Oh, mm-hmm. he's definitely um, given given the look a, quite a few times on some of the stuff that's happened around him. And the thing with her and Tulip is, I mean, she and the way that she has dealt with, Laura has dealt with Air Stars, she knows how to manipulate the situation. She mm-hmm. knows how to control and kind of direct people to get what she wants. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, so that yeah, was evidenced when the, the tarp scene happened. And she was like, oh, yeah, you go first. Mm-hmm. Because, like Scott said, maybe she had something to do with the jamming of the gun. Who knows? Right. Probably. Right. Now but, I'm starting to think, yeah. But if she did, she knew that was going to happen, which would be a lead into her having a conversation, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. If she wasn't the one that was going to get shot right away, then she can be like, oh, let me fix that for you, sir. She she knows how to play the whole situation. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, she's a master manipulator, that's for sure. What do you think Tulip is going to say to Jesse about all those weapons she found? Oh, it's going to be ugly. In the scenes from the, the sneak peek for next one, she's like, has them at a, uh, a forge, and they're trying to melt them down. Oh, yeah, and the gun won't yeah, melt. Yeah, and it won't melt. It's, it's not even it, hot. Yeah, they, the guy hands it back to her, and it wasn't even hot. Mm-hmm. So, huh? do you think she's going to leave Jesse though? Do you think she's like that mad? I don't well, know. I think there's going to be some kind of confrontation, and it may, you know, that we may not find that out until the end of the season. I think there's some kind of confrontation every day they wake up in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Well. Um, but yeah, there's. Uh, I don't know. I don't think she's going to leave. She's not. She wouldn't leave. Nah. She may beat the shit out of Jesse. Or shoot him with one of the guns. Well, I did have a couple of other questions about the episode. First of all, shoot. Jesse used the voice on Humperdue. Mm-hmm. And Humperdue went crazy. All right. His so brain the couldn't voice, process it. Yeah, the voice didn't work on him. Well, he, I don't think his brain was developed enough to be able to process it, and that's what drove him crazy. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I did love watching Jesse using the voice on Hairstar. Yeah. And Hairstar was always like, hmm, that really worked. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, the first time when he was laying on the ground and he answered him, I didn't think it worked on him at all. Mm-hmm. I was actually surprised. I thought, oh, now it's not working on Hairstar. Right. But it did. It did. But at oh, first, yeah. his reaction was, because right after he says, um, what did he say? He said something about, I'm very impressed by your power. Mm-hmm. Yes. But like you said, there was like no change in inflection in his voice when he was answering him or anything. Did you also notice that when he was with Humperdue and he was looking through his sketchbook and there was a picture of the black and white dog? Yes. Yes. From New Orleans. Is that the Uh, same dog? The Dalmatian. Well, let me me say this. I I did read. He was holding um, a person. That Mm -hmm. Dominic Cooper did say that we've already met God. (laughs) <laughs> on the show. So, so God is the dog? Could be. I mean, you're talking about the the heir to being, you know, God's son, and he's drawing pictures of a dog that of the same mm-hmm. Dalmatian. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and Jesse God went looking for... his dog. Yeah, yeah, and Jesse went looking for God in, in that bar. He may have actually found God in the bar. Hmm. So maybe God is... Maybe God's not usually in this getup. Maybe he's just in disguise as another way to just kind of like right. Right. get away. And we have no idea what God was going to do. We can imagine. Yes. Well, that's <laughs> the thing. We we assume what he was going to do. But maybe people are going down there because there's something different. Yeah. So my last thing was just um, the story that's, that Air Star told Jesse about what happened with God and why he ran away. 
he was talking to him about the seraphim and how um, there were a group of angels that rebelled against God and God right. got fed up. That's and what left. the archbishop, I think, the archbishop was, was saying. Oh, the archbishop. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I'm just wondering, like, why did they rebel against God? What was going on? Well, that was bullshit, though. You yeah, think? that was not. Yeah, true. he was yeah, just he yeah. was coming up with an excuse for why God was gone. Yeah. That's why. That's why the and Pope started laughing at him. You know? Okay, yeah, but it Pope, could be true. We just don't know. The Pope was like, "You got to be kidding me!" Because it was like, yeah. And then the Pope came up with his whole thing his about far-fetched how, idea. Yeah, the, the dinosaurs didn't work. Now people don't work. Now he's coming up with something else. <laughs> so, and that's when Jesse was like, "Well, you guys don't know." And Aristar's like, "No, we we don't have a clue." That's right. And he's he's kind of looking at him like, "See, this is what I'm dealing with." So th- that's the whole thing. He's proven to him like, no matter how many resources he he has. Which he, he is offering to Jesse to help find God, but no matter how many resources he does have, they don't have shit at this moment. Mm-hmm. Even right. their Messiah that's supposed to end the world at the right time, um, he's worthless. Mm-hmm. He's peeing on people and <laughs> right. drawing pictures of dogs and stuff. The The connection with the dog thing, though, is, is pretty good. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't even... I was wondering about the dog. Mm-hmm. Like why? Yeah, that's that's that is interesting though. It there, is. Could, there could be something, something could to it. Could be something there, or it could have been just the uh, producers wanting to be funny, just kind of repeating a, the same joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in a different scene. Yeah. Yep. Do you guys have anything else about the episode? Well, that's yeah. Some people have like the thing on the back of their car that says "Dog is my co-pilot." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good job, Stuart. <laughs> that was... But it's true. Thank, thank God for the magic of editing. <laughs> no, it's true. Some no, people right. because because some, a lot of people have do- God is my co-pilot. Some some people put dog is my co-pilot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyways, hey, we are <laughs> ready for our break. I think hey. we are. Yes, yeah. we are. Okay. All right, we're gonna take a break. We'll be right back. everybody we're back um it's time for our hit and miss segment um i think we're gonna switch it up a little bit Stu, what what you start out with your hit for this episode oh well unfortunately my hit was the thing that we had already kind of talked about and that was jesus's dialogue mm-hmm. and i think that was probably the my favorite part the, those scenes with him were my favorite part just him being kind of like uh i don't know college buddies <laughs> right with the apostles Mm-hmm. exactly and you cool with that hey man chill when the guys chill, got there <laughs> chill dude no i thought Jesus, i thought that was great there? i thought that was, was a good hilarious. spin on on that and especially like the comment that you brought up where it's like directly out of the bible kind of comment that got that jesus would make and the guys were like i don't even know what you're talking about <laughs> Peter says, i don't know what i don't even know what that means <laughs> that was that, that was, was my great. hit that was my hit yeah yeah, I, I've got it. my hit was was uh, that line. I mean, that just oh my god, I just barreled out oh. laughing. I don't even right. know what that means. You know, <laughs> I mean, that just killed me. Um, but I also loved uh, I loved uh, Cassidy's line about talking about Dennis, and he says that boy's going to put me in an early grave. Yes, uh-huh. <laughs> it just killed me. <laughs> Kim, what's your hit? My hit. I actually have two of them. And my first one is the whole Jesus Humperdoo storyline. I thought that it was like a super cool twist on the traditional story of Jesus. And it's definitely a twist. It is a super duper twist, especially the intro scenes. Well, the fact that he had a child too. <laughs> the whole There's thing. There's all kinds of twists about that one. Yeah. On so that. I was curious. It made me curious as to like what biblical scholars are saying about Jesus being married and stuff. So I did just a little bit of research online and I already talked about most of it, but um, there's still, most people still think that there's no way in the world that he had sex or had a girlfriend or definitely not a wife. Um, But there was this one guy that I found in Australia who believes currently believes he's Jesus. He's alive now. 
and his girlfriend is just happens to be named Mary. And mm-hmm. so he says that she was Mary Magdalene and that um, she was pregnant with a daughter when he was crucified on the cross. And then they came back to save the world. So I thought that was pretty interesting. That's interesting. Not proof of anything. Not No. <laughs> but it was very similar storyline, which I thought was interesting, too, except that it was a daughter versus a son. So, And there is a lot of inbreeding in Australia. No, I'm just <laughs> We kidding. don't know that. <laughs> no, no. No, that's Apologies, England Australia, but nonetheless. <laughs> ah, the royals, of course. So I just really like that storyline. And then my second one was um, when uh, Hoover came out playing Jenny's boyfriend and then just the fast switch between him being regular grail person to boyfriend getting the shit kicked out of him. So mm-hmm. there you go. Good, good. Stu, you got a miss? My miss um, was that Jesse was a little, his character was a little thin. I'm hoping that they, they write a little bit more for him in the next one. I mean, obviously, he's he was the, you know, the main person in this one. But I think, uh, I don't know, there needs to be a little bit more thought behind what he's doing. Um, maybe not, I mean, it, not intelligent thought, but I don't, I don't know. It just seems like he is just kind the of bouncing flat, around. like you said. I mean, yeah, he's bouncing around stuff. from situation to situation without there really being uh, too much reasoning behind it. I mean, some of the most influential things that have happened to him have been just happenstance. You know, like uh, um, the guy that was calling for the end of the world, you know, that he ran into was like, I mean, that was like huge epiphany for him, you know. Mm-hmm. Or Airstar just finding him in that bar that didn't even have a sign on well, it. Even, you know, when they left it, it was like, you know, like that building had no, didn't even have a sign on the building. It was like, how did he find him? And he's completely oblivious to what is happening, you know, the the thing that's brewing within his own household. Totally oblivious to that. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, they're like his his friends are completely turning on him. And that's like, that was one thing that we didn't bring up was the fact that Airstar, when he drops him off, and he says, you need my help. Mm-hmm. And Jesse's like, no, I got my friends. And, he, and you see Dennis walk up, who's got blood all over him. He's like, do you really? Yep. And it's true. Right. He doesn't. No. They're not backing him at all. They're, like, completely jaded by, you know, like, mm-hmm. what, yeah, they don't care about his mission um, anymore. So they're, they're on to other things now. So he has to rein everything in. But he has no control because he's not trying to take control. He's not there to take control. Mm-hmm. Well, he doesn't realize he so. needs to. You know, no. he, I think, right. I think yeah, he still he's feels like he is control, got his in back. control because yeah. of his mission. But a mission's kind of uh, been warped and, and pushed to the side for more immediate problems. That's, and you, Miss? Um, Mr. Miss? My Miss is still, I, I'm still, uh, you know, I'm not getting into the Tulip storyline that much right now. Um, I like badass Tulip, not vulnerable Tulip. So... Yeah, you know, it's not, it's that, that storyline's just not doing a whole lot for me. I, I want to get the confrontation over with between her and Jesse and let's move on. You know, let's, if we're going to be you dealing know, with the Saint of Killers, let's deal with the Saint of Killers. I wonder if that storyline appeals to women more just because most women have been there. You guys just don't understand what we go through. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, you know, I think that's one of the attractions to Tulip's character from the beginning of the in the first season was that she was not vulnerable. That was the only thing she they, she didn't have any vulnerability. She didn't care. Mm-hmm. You know, she and she didn't need anybody else. She kicked ass, took names, and was independent completely. So, do you think less of her that she's in this situation now? I don't think less of her that she's in this situation. I think Scott I do. Does. I think I do a little bit. I mean, I, I liked her being the badass rock that was in there, yeah. you know? I mean, I'm still I'm still intrigued by that girl that made the bazooka, you know? that's that's. Do you have vulnerabilities, Scott? I have a lot of vulnerabilities, usually with when it deals with, like, falling down. <laughs> bumping into walls, well, there's, I mean, stuff like my, that. There's a lot of inconsistencies with her story. In that she had no one growing up, and mm-hmm. she was independent, but yet she—I mean, I, it, 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 there could be reasoning behind it too. Why she's up and down and up and down and up and down, 
My, I mean, because, like, when her and Jesse are in Dallas, she's sabotaging the situation. Yeah. Because she doesn't want the relationship to work. Or she doesn't want to be stuck in the boring, like, relationship right. they're in. Right. Well, um, she's also married to another man that she's never told Jesse about. So there's this huge lie hanging over her. Now, yeah. Not in Dallas. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, because well, happened During after the robbery, Dallas. you yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, Okay, I thought you meant the other part. No, I think... No, I mean, like, when they're living in Dallas, I mean, she's kind of sabotaging the situation because he's, like, ready to settle down, but he's not. You know, he's not happy in what he's doing. He, they're, like, wanting the kids, and they're wanting to do, like, the settle-down suburbia, have-kids thing. Well, shit, I don't even want that. <laughs> Just kidding. Too damn bad. Just kidding. No, my argument is that... Any strong person, whether it man or female, male or female, has vulnerabilities. Mm-hmm. So you can be as strong as you possibly can, and usually there's a reason behind why you're strong. Why, like, why you're building up this facade or a persona of being super duper strong when you've got these weaknesses that are behind that are like ready at any moment to crumble well it's making those characters a little bit more realistic yeah which in this show the ridiculousness of the characters were kind of what helped sell it you know i mean jesse's the same way but nobody's talking about jesse jesse was super strong when we first met him and now he's got all kinds of vulnerabilities he's thinking about his dad and how he got shot right in front of him he's on this mission to find god he can't find him exactly that's not good i know but nobody talks about how his storyline's boring. Yeah, well, that's actually that's a lot of what we talked about. about. That's. <laughs> <laughs> I think I talked about it twice. I think I beat the hell out of that discussion. All right, fine. but and yeah, no, I, and I think them stretching out the storyline, they're trying to develop it. You know, they're trying to get more reasoning behind. There's more background behind that. There's more uh, to her character, and almost. Kind of liked it when she was a much simpler character. Mm-hmm. She was the last kicker. Exactly. That's what you do. You need more than that. So, Kim, what was your <laughs> failure in the show? Actually, I did not have a miss. I tried so hard to find one. I couldn't find anything. I loved this episode. All right. I loved every single storyline in it. Everything. I did. Even the floors. Touching the, the egg. I mean, that was the gross. Bathroom. That was very gross. But that's not like a miss. How like, about, that makes it more, like, emotional for me. Because I'm like, oh, my God. the fact that uh, Tulip is dealing with Laura and questioning just what she's talking about, but somehow she never realizes that she's wearing a wig? That's a good point. That wig looks pretty good to me. I don't know, man. It does look pretty good. She's like, but I was like, I don't know. What, would there be some situation where maybe Tulip touched her hair? Or, I don't know. Why would you touch somebody's hair? I don't know. Girls don't do that. <laughs> no. No, I liked everything. Everything was great. So, have we got oh. anything else from the episode, folks? No, that's it for me. All right. So, next week on Preacher, which is Season 2, Episode 11, Backdoors, the mission begins to alienate Tulip and Cassidy. Tulip receives advice from her relationship with Jesse, and Cassidy begins to doubt Dennis. Mm. I think we kind of predicted that. Not good for Dennis. Mm -hmm. Yep. I don't think there's anything there in that preview that is surprising. No, matter of fact, I I mean, I think when they say uh, the mission begins to alienate Tulip and Cassidy, I think that's already happened. Yes. I don't think that's beginning. (laughs) <laughs> that happened a few episodes ago. But, you know... That doesn't bode well for a description for the new episode, because I'm going to be like, like you're saying, it's like, that's eh, already happening. All of that already happened. We want new stuff. They showed... Well, we are going to get some new stuff, because they showed on the preview that they're bringing up the truck that the cowboy's in. Oh, right. That's right. Yep, that's, that's what I mean. St. Killers is coming back, so we let's move on to that, and let's see what happens. I'm all for that's it. That's not going to happen until the end. And they're probably not going to even show what happens. Yeah. They'll they're going to bring wait. it up and he's going to, they're going to open it up and he's going to kill a bunch of people in the. And he'll be a Dalmatian. He's going to kill, <laughs> he's going to kill a bunch of red ties. <laughs> yes. He Very will. funny. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
So if you'd like to write to us about your opinions about the episode, you can reach us at fearmepodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at fearmepod, on Facebook at Facebook slash fearmepodcast, and on the web at fearmepodcast.com. And now you can find us on Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everyone. Good night. Good night, everybody. Good night.